It's all too common for women to suffer in silence from incontinence, pelvic pain, or painful intercourse. Through Sarah Bush Lincoln's physical therapy department, trained specialists can help women correct these issues and help them regain control of their lives. We'll talk in more detail with physical therapist April Ritz on this edition of Health Styles. It seems we spend the first half of our lives living carefree, with all the time in the world to correct poor eating and lifestyle behaviors, and the last half of our lives trying to fix the damage we caused. Take a moment to give yourself the gift of peace of mind by having a heart-to-heart -heart cardiovascular checkup. For $95, you'll receive a series of heart-related tests to determine your heart health and a box of dark chocolates to get you moving in the right direction. Call for your appointment today at Sarah Bush Lincoln, 217-258-2561. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. We're glad you're here. And today I've got a great guest who's going to be talking about a topic that affects a lot of people, but something a lot of people don't like to talk about. And we'll get more into that in a little bit. But I want April Ritz, Please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit more about yourself and what you do here at Sarah Bush Lincoln. Yes, I am super excited to be on this podcast. So I am a physical therapist. I got my doctorate from Maryville University in 2016. And since that time, I have been working on specializing in pelvic rehab, which is a subspecialty of physical therapy. And I work with women of all ages from four to five years old, all up into their 90s with any pelvic floor dysfunction. And a lot of people don't realize there's pelvic rehab or what that is. Um, I was actually in my second year of grad school before I realized this specialty existed. So I love working with women with any pelvic floor issues that's kind of taking over their life. So whether that's urinary leakage, um, pelvic pain, um, which can affect marriages, um, constipation, painful bladder syndrome or interstitial cystitis, anything with the pelvic floor, um, pre or postpartum care. I just love helping with anything like so that. So this is the overarching term is just called pelvic floor dysfunction. And all of those things fall under that. Correct. correct. Pelvic floor dysfunction. So I know that covers a wide range of things, but what are some of the typical traditional treatments that are available? And then we'll get into what you're doing with physical therapy. So it depends on what the issue is, but most of my referrals come from our urology department or OBGYN department, and they will treat them there for any medical underlying issue. Mm -hmm. um, so typically, say it's pelvic pain, um, they might they might do some imaging if necessary, or else they'll just refer them to me to see if it's coming from the pelvic muscles themselves, or if it's urinary incontinence, they will work over in urology and they might have um, some bladder tests done, see if they're fully emptying their bladder and they'll work with um, them to see if there's any medications that might be needed, but then they can be referred to me and we will work on like strengthening those muscles. Okay, so let's talk about how physical, how this physical therapy works and who it works for and the kind of uh, issues that you treat. So what we do when people come in to see me, the first visit is anywhere from 75 minutes to 90 minutes. I get a very very thorough history. I ask all about um, bladder symptoms, bowel symptoms, um, just kind of get to know the person. And then I also ask a lot about like fluid intake, um, fiber intake, 
just get a full assessment of everything. Mm -hmm. And then after I get that history, we'll go into a little bit of education and I just educate the patients on the pelvic floor anatomy. A lot of people aren't aware of the anatomy and how those muscles affect everything. Um, and then can, after, can, so can you kind of give us? I know it, this is this is audio. Can you kind of give us like a visualization of what the pelvic floor actually is and how that all works together? Yes. So if you think about your pelvis, in the very front you have your pubic bone, mm-hmm. and then in the back you have like your tailbone that attaches to your spine. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the pelvic floor is a group of muscles. We work them as one. It's a group of muscles that's almost like a bowl. It attaches to the pubic bone in front and wraps back to your coccyx or tailbone. Okay. So it's a big bowl that's literally supporting all of the organs above it. If you think about it, it's holding up the weight for everything in the trunk. Okay. And then through the pelvic floor, you're going to have the bladder and then the urethra or like the P2 mm-hmm. that runs through it. You have for females, the vagina, and then you also have the rectum. All okay. three of those run through the pelvic floor. Okay. So that makes sense. It's a it's a muscle, and that's why physical therapy is involved. Exactly. Okay. So I'll let you get back. So so you kind of explain the pelvic floor to people like we just did, and then what do you do next? And then after that, we will do a full ortho exam. So I don't only look at the pelvic floor; I look at everything because it's all connected. So I look at the abdominal muscles, see their strength. Um, if a woman has had children before, I will see if there's any separation of her abdominal muscles because that can happen. Um, after childbirth and not return to normal. And then I will look at hip strength. Um, I look at any muscle tightness or flexibility. I look at um, alignment of their pelvis. And then we do the more, um, we do the internal assessment if the patient's okay with it. And it's not like an OBGYN exam. We don't use stirrups or speculum, anything like that. Mm -hmm. It's just a one-digit insertion, and we check those deep pelvic floor muscles. Mm -hmm. And I tell people those muscles are internal. There's no way of really checking and assessing the strength externally, Mm -hmm. and that's why that's needed. And it only takes like three to five minutes to do that internal exam. So I tell patients it's the shortest part of the evaluation, (laughs) and it's really not too bad. But it's pretty important. (laughs) Yes, and that's that's how I – figure out what we're going to do for treatment based off their strength. Okay. So what happens next? So after that, I will give people a home program to start with. Um, And sometimes that includes doing a bladder diary for me where they're tracking um, how much fluid they're drinking throughout the day, how often they're going to the bathroom, if they're leaking, how many leaks, um, as well as just urge suppression techniques if they're dealing with, with overactive bladder and having to go to the bathroom constantly. I will get them set up on a program to work on bladder retraining. Um, It really depends on what the patient needs. If they're not drinking the proper fluids, we discuss that and we'll work on a fluid goal. If they need more fiber, we'll go over that for constipation, reducing constipation. Um, And I always give them at least two exercises to start off with. Mm -hmm. Um, That is if it's urinary if it's urinary leakage, where they're um, having weakness issues. Okay, so let's talk about that, because that's you see ads all over TV for, you know, urinary incontinence protection. So let's talk about what kind of exercises do you give them, or how does that work? Yeah, so talking about the ads, they drive me crazy <laughs> because they make it look like it's normal, and it's not normal. So urinary leakage can be common, but it's not considered normal. So even if you leak with just, like, sneezing, that is not normal. So okay. there's something that can be done about that. But regarding what exercises I give to address that and fix it, 
Um, there's different types of kegels. So a lot of people hear, oh, kegels, I'm doing my kegels. I'm not getting better. Mm-hmm. Well, 30 to 50% of women do not do kegels properly. Okay. So rather than squeezing those muscles and lifting up and in, they're either bearing down or they're using their butt muscles or holding their breath. Um, and you need to be able to isolate, isolate those muscles to get a proper contraction. Okay. And most people aren't doing enough of them either. Okay. So if they come in and tell me, like, don't tell me to do kegels. I've been doing them. I ask them, how many have you been doing? <laughs> and it requires several. And people can do this throughout the day. It's easy to do. You can do it laying down. You can do it sitting. You can do it standing. Um, there's just different degrees of difficulty with them. So I will have people do long holds, which is a kegel, but you're holding it as long as you can mm-hmm. and breathing through it. And then I will also have them do quick flicks. So quick flicks is when you squeeze those muscles, fully relax. Squeeze, fully relax. And a lot of times in the clinic, people aren't fully relaxing or they're not doing the contractions properly. So I have a biofeedback machine I use where I um, can hook up sensors to the pelvic floor. And then on the computer, people can visualize and see their squeezes, if they're squeezing up, if they're fully relaxing. That's what I was going to say. How can you tell if you're doing it right? Because this is all happening inside. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes. So externally observing somebody, like just watching you sit there, I would have no idea if you're doing your squeezes mm-hmm. or not. Mm-hmm. So I like the first couple sessions to make sure people are doing it properly. And so I typically will use biofeedback um, just to make sure they are doing those squeezes correctly. And then once I know they've got it down, mm-hmm. then we will just do like regular exercises incorporating the pelvic floor and core and progress. So these are things that people come in and they do the exercises with you for how many sessions? It totally depends. It Mm -hmm. goes based off each person. So if I have a patient who cannot figure out how to use those muscles or they're super weak when I test their strength, I will see them twice a week um, until they're they're doing better. Mm -hmm. Normally for any pelvic floor um, condition, I will see patients up to three months, possibly longer if they need it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then if they get better before three months, I let them be done. They don't need to keep coming in here. But I hold on to them for three months because it takes six to eight weeks for muscles to get stronger. Okay. So we won't even really see good strength improvements for the first like month, month and a half. And then people are doing these exercises at home too, not just when they come to see you. Correct. I always tell patients like 60% of you getting better is what you're doing at home. Mm-hmm. 40% is what you're doing when you come into the clinic. Okay. So they have to be doing these at home. And I can tell if they're not, if you're not doing them at home, you're not going to get better. <laughs> So April, does this um, treatment work for everybody? I would say, I'm not going to say it works for everybody. Mm-hmm. No, um, you have to be willing to make some lifestyle changes, okay? Because some people come in and they're drinking a lot of soda or coffee or tea and no water in their, in their um, fluid intake. And we have to make small changes with that because... There are bladder irritants like the coffee, tea, soda mm-hmm. that's going to affect the bladder and have you make you have more of an urgency feeling. Um, so if people aren't willing to change their fluid intake or don't want to do these exercises daily, it's not going to work for them. It's not an easy fix. Mm-hmm. It does take a little bit of time and effort to get this better. And what about for men? Is there treatment? Is this treatment available for men? Um, there are public health uh, physical therapists that treat men as well. I currently do not treat men in our clinic just because I have 
a large patient population right now of women and I'm busy with that. Mm -hmm. um, but there is definitely help for men and men can definitely do kegels as well. Okay. Um, they can work on changing their habits as well, fluid intake, all of that. They can use um, urge suppression techniques, meaning if you have a really strong urge to go to the bathroom, you can't hold it. Um, using some of those quick flicks. So there's a whole whole step process that we go through <laughs> with that. But there's definitely help for men. And so I encourage men, if, if you are having issues with this, search out other pelvic health therapists. Okay. So like any muscle, if you don't use it, you lose it. So will someone who goes through this therapy need to continue this Forever, forever to, 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 to get the result, to maintain the results. So I always tell patients when you're done with therapy, you're not done. <laughs> um, so yeah, like you said, any muscle you use, you don't use it, you're going to lose it. Mm -hmm. um, so these pelvic muscles, especially if you think about it, we're using our arms, we're using our legs throughout the day, but most people are not thinking about using their pelvic floor muscles. Right. So if they come in here, they do their exercises and get their pelvic floor muscles stronger, but they stop doing it. I'm sure within a couple years, they're going to have issues again. Okay. So I always tell my patients, you're not done. You've made it a habit now. You're doing your squeezes throughout the day, whether it's driving to work at red stoplights, you're doing your squeezes, keep doing them. Okay. So we've talked mainly about how this therapy works for urinary incontinence. What other areas, and you, you touched on this earlier when we started, what other issues can a physical therapy help? So I also um, help with pre and postpartum care. Mm -hmm. So for any pregnant patients that's having like any low back um, pain or like pelvic pain at all, mm -hmm. if they're having urinary leakage issues, we can all, we can treat all of that while they're pregnant. And then once they're postpartum, if they have issues too with urinary leakage, if patients are still having leakage um, six weeks to three months after they had a baby that needs to be addressed mm -hmm. um, or else they're likely going to continue to have leakage issues. Um, so that's one patient population I work with. I also work with um, some kids with constipation mm -hmm. issues, um, some post-menopause women. When they lose that estrogen, their tissue dries up some, so they're having painful intercourse. Mm -hmm. So I can work with that as well. Um, a big... Diagnosis I see is interstitial cystitis, which is painful bladder syndrome. And these women often have a lot of urgency, some lower abdominal discomfort, pelvic pain. Um, so I see that frequently and will work with them. There's a wide range <laughs> of things that can I can work with with the pelvic floor. Some women too is like prolapse. Mm -hmm. So they have a pelvic heaviness feeling or dullness or pressure. Um, and I work with them on strengthening those muscles as well, because as long as the prolapse is not coming out of the body, physical therapy is a first line treatment for okay. that. So prolapse is when things start sinking down. You've got it. So whether the bladder starts kind of sinking down or if the uterus is coming down or the rectum is falling down. Okay. All right. So talk about, do you have a, um, a patient success story or that you could share Oh, yes. <laughs> um, I have s several. Um, I'll pick one with urinary leakage and one with pelvic pain, okay. if that's okay with you. Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to hear it. So I've had, unfortunately, I've had people in my clinic um, that 
they're really struggling in their marriage because they're they're having significant pelvic pain and they don't have that aspect of their relationship. Mm -hmm. And some of these people have had this pelvic pain for years and just thought there was nothing they can do about it. They just had to live with it. And so I worked with this patient and within two months, she had no pelvic pain anymore. Um, and she was like just completely amazed because a lot of people think there's no hope for them anymore. Um, and a lot of people don't talk about these issues. Right. So if you're dealing with that, just talk to your doctor and get a referral to come see me because there's definitely help for you. And then regarding urinary leakage, a lot of people come in the first day and think I'm completely crazy because they don't <laughs> think this is going to work for them. They're like, you're telling me to do all this. I just do not think that's going to help. Mm-hmm. But when they leave after two to three months of seeing me, they're like, you have changed my life. Like, I am able to exercise now. I can play with my grandkids. Um, at work, I don't have to worry about bringing another extra set of clothing in case I would have a leak at work. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I really love what I do because I get to see how huge of an impact it makes on these people's quality of life. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's life-changing. And you're not taking medication. You're not having surgery. It's really, it's all conservative. Yeah, mm-hmm. very essentially pretty simple exercises. But you have to be dedicated to doing them. Yes, it's, <laughs> it's not for everybody. You have to be dedicated to doing it. But it is the first line treatment um, for like urinary leakage or um, like some pelvic pain issues. So if people are like, "Oh my gosh, she's talking about me. That is me." What should they do? Who should they see first? Um. So. If you're having these issues, you can simply talk to your primary care doctor Mm -hmm. and they can make a referral if you are seeing anybody in urology or if you see any of the providers, um, OBGYN providers, um, just ask them. Say, hey, I have this issue. Can I get some physical therapy for it? And they will just write a script. And then our office, once we receive that script from the doctor's office, will give you a call and set up an appointment. Yeah. So the first thing is just, you know, having the courage to say, Get over that embarrassment. Believe me, the doctors have heard and seen it all just to say it out loud uh, because it isn't, as you said when we started, this is not normal. Yes. And most people, like you said, most people are scared to even say anything to have a conversation with their doctor. Um, I don't remember the stat, but it's a high percentage of women that won't even tell their doctor they're having any urinary leakage symptoms, Mm -hmm. whether that's just leaking with sneezing, like I said before. So just tell the doctor because... What happens is a lot of time people ignore it and ignore it until it gets to the point where they can't stand it anymore. Mm-hmm. And if they would have addressed it a year, five years, 10 years sooner, they would be in a much better situation. Yeah. And it's not just, oh, that's what happens to women when they get old. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> it doesn't have to be this Yes. <laughs> well, April, this has been eye-opening for me and hopefully for a lot of our listeners out there. Thank you so much for sharing your story and this great information with us on Health Styles. Yeah, no, thank you for having me. I love getting the word out there and letting people know that there is help for them and they don't have to suffer in silence with their issues. And if you're interested in hearing more about April's story, uh, you can check out the January 2020 edition of Health Styles Magazine, which is available online at sarahbush.org. Thanks for listening. For more information about Sarah Bush Lincoln, you can visit our website at sarahbush.org. Keep up to date with all that's happening at Sarah Bush Lincoln on social media. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest.